Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Eurowatch. Money FM 89.3. It is now time for Eurowatch here on the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. One of the top headlines, David Cameron is back. Part of uh, the latest reshuffle in the UK cabinet. What does this mean for British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak? And could it also reawaken the debate over Brexit? Let's find out more. On the line with me is Chedomir Nestrovic, Professor of Geopolitics, Essex Business School, Asia Pacific. Professor, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Elliot. I'm back in Singapore. Everything is fine now. <laughs> of course. Uh, but it's interesting that on the week that you return back to Singapore, it's like a blast from the past with David Cameron <laughs> back in the UK Parliament. What was your initial reaction to this, your thoughts on this? And is this risky for the current Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak? So the initial reaction was that it was a big surprise. So I'm just wondering who is next. Maybe Boris Johnson, maybe <laughs> Marisa Tay, maybe someone else. <laughs> it happens, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we don't know exactly who is going to be next, but I think that Rishi Sunak, he has to do something because he is losing some of the main members of his government. So he has to make a coup by bringing someone who is very well known. But uh, David Cameron has been uh, practically in a freezer for seven years. Mm. So I'm not so sure that he will bring something, uh, I would say, valuable to Rishi Sunak. Okay, interesting point that you bring up there. Although, if you look at the broader scope of things, even to today, the debate over Brexit still continues. Was it the right move or not? Uh, Depends on where you you, you sit on. And you bring back someone like David Cameron. Is this going to reignite that debate again? Yeah, so that's a really, uh, I would say, a move that it is worth looking at uh, because obviously David Cameron was uh, for Remain and bringing him back, does it mean that something is going to change? Mm. It is a foreign uh, secretary. So foreign secretary means that he also has to deal with the European Union. So maybe they would like to change something, even if I don't believe that they will be going against the results of the referendum. So maybe they will try to find a middle way Mm -hmm. on how to continue with the European Union, but not to reverse the uh, decisions of the referendum. Professor, Foreign Secretary also means dealing with China and there are some thoughts that David Cameron's got good ties or warm ties as they call it with uh, China. Is this a, I don't know, should this be viewed as good news as far as economic cooperation is potentially concerned? So it could be good news if Rishi Sunak says there is a change in the policy of the UK. Mm. For the moment, he's only changing a person, but he didn't change the policy. Okay. But if it is an indicator that he is ready to change the policy, in that case, it is a big news. Uh, Beyond the name of uh, David Cameron, in that case, uh, the relationship with China could change also. You did mention at the start that uh, Mr. Cameron's been quiet for the past seven years or so. So what exactly does he bring as UK Foreign Secretary? So he can bring his experience. I think that uh, Rishi Sonak is also willing to stabilize a little bit the Conservative Party because, as you know, his polls are not very good. Mm. And maybe he is looking for some people that could bring, I don't say some hope, but people who have not been involved 
in the hot politics in the past years, someone who has experience, someone who knows the party from inside, maybe this is the reason why he has been called back. Okay. But as part of the news cycle, you can't help but wonder where Middle East is concerned. What would this do as far as, I don't know, policies towards the Middle East? So again, <clears throat> we have to see if it is a change in policy or right. not. Right. If it is a change in policy, in that case, maybe they will reverse uh, the situation. As you know, Rishi Sunak uh, used to be a, a big defender of Israel. Yeah. So maybe by bringing David Cameron, he would like to balance this a little bit, like they are balancing in France or in some other countries. So if it is a change in policy, I presume that it will be more balanced approach that is a little bit more pro-Palestinian approach. Mm-hmm. But they didn't see a change in policy. I saw only the change in uh, individuals. But maybe it is also a change in policy that they are expecting to have. Professor, it's time for us to, to speculate and, and wonder a bit what all of this means. The trigger point was the sacking of uh, the former Home Secretary, Suella Breverman. What's next for her? And could we see more changes down the road as far as Rishi Sunak's cabinet is concerned? Maybe there would be more changes because Suella Breverman, she enjoyed uh, quite a support yeah. uh, from the, let's say, hardliners that we have in the Conservative Party the people who would like to have a hard stance concerning immigration. And she was a perfect person uh, for that job. Again, if he is changing here, does it mean that he is going to reverse decisions, especially concerning the Rwanda deal, for instance? Mm. Or would it be something else? Mm. Mm. And with regard to that, uh, the government's plan to send asylum seekers to Rwanda is unlawful. This after the British Supreme Court ruled that because they would not be safe. Your thoughts on this ruling and the ramifications for Mr. Sunak? So I think that the reasons for the ruling uh, may be debatable because Rwanda is among uh, very few countries in Africa that could be considered to be safe. Okay. However, that might be also a political decision by saying, no, we cannot send anyone to Africa or to any other country. We have to keep them within the UK and we'll see what we are going to do with them. But definitely uh, the concomitance mm. of these two things, that is the decision of the Supreme Court on one side and the sacking of Suela Bremerman, mm. are showing that maybe Rishi Sunak will be forced to change and to lower his stance concerning immigration. Right, right. Yes, and immigration is a constant issue in the UK. It looks like times have not changed there, Professor. What are his options now? I understand he might be working on a new Rwanda treaty. So now we can have some other options. First thing, he can modify the treaty. In that case, the treaty could be uh, accepted by the Supreme Court. Second thing, he can work with some other countries. So among the other countries, it can be uh, something in the, the other part of the world. So maybe in some Eastern European countries or somewhere in the Middle East. But uh, for the moment, I think that he will concentrate on, uh, on Africa and uh, he will try to modify the treaty. He will try to find the wording. Uh, which would be palatable for the Supreme Court. All right. Professor, let's uh, move on to the rest of the EU. Enough attention on the UK. Um, this is quite an interesting one. So EU members have reached a deal on targets for the supply of critical materials. These materials key for chip and EV battery production. It's called the Critical Raw Materials Act. Funny thing is, Europe is one of the biggest markets for electric vehicles, but it produces less than 1% of minerals like lithium or cobalt. So 10% of extraction of materials is, or, or min- minerals rather, is, is that a realistic target? 
So that's, <laughs> that's very difficult to label it that realistic because lithium mining can be done in Europe. Uh, the only problem is that uh, it is a, an ecological catastrophe uh, when you're doing it. So you have all associations, NGOs, which are related to the uh, ecology or to the uh, preservation of environment. They will all petition not to mine lithium. Right. So we have lithium reserves in Europe, but according to the situation that we have today, it is impossible to use them. So maybe in the future we will use them, but for the moment... All the European countries, they are happy to buy lithium or to buy uh, uh, batteries from China, where <laughs> apparently uh, they don't have the same environmental concerns. And, and there it is again, right? You can't get away from talking about China that, you know, it raises the question whether or not they can be successful to move away from that Chinese monopoly, to move away from that reliance on China. Perhaps a, a more expansive plan is needed. Yeah, Definitely. So we can decide, but in that case, it will be much more expensive. Mm. If we are looking for, let's say, affordable electrical vehicles, in that case, we cannot avoid China. So we have to continue with them. If we take the decision that the electrical vehicles are going to be more expensive or that the state is taking part in it, that is subsidizing the electrical vehicles, in that case, it could be done. But I don't see that it is a realistic uh, venture today. All right. I've been speaking with Jedeman Estrevek, who is Professor of Geopolitics, Essex Business School, Asia Pacific. Professor, thank you again for your time. Take care and have a great Thursday evening. Thank you. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.